0: To enhance the UK's undressing disability podcast where we strip back all things taboo on sex and disability.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another undressing disability talk this time around parenting. I have two wonderful people here with me to chat to me today about their experiences being mums of disabled children. We have Lucy here with us and Linda as well well, thank you so much for joining me. So, hi, Lucy. Can we start with you? How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. It's been a bit of a manic day, but um, it's yeah, it's good. It's nice to be sitting down and having just a one-on-one time with a computer.
1: Brilliant. <laughs> good. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing?
2: I'm good, thank you. It's lovely to be here, actually. It is a nice day, Um, so um, thank you very much for having me.
1: So, I think the first thing I wanted to ask you both is... A little bit about you, around your backgrounds, of course you are both um, mums to disabled children and I just wanted to talk to you a bit about that experience, what it initially meant for you as parents and maybe where you've got to now with it, being parents of disabled children.
2: So Linda, shall we start with you? Um, I mean, before having my son, Anis, who has spina bifida, he's three years old at the moment. Um, I didn't really have a lot of knowledge about um, disability. Um, I didn't really know anybody personally. I just knew of people that had disabilities. So it was kind of like a new world for me. Mm. Um, so I just got research and as soon as I found out I, I was still pregnant at the time so i just got researching into it and um finding out you know what's the best way to kind of approach the situation before he arrived uh so it's it's been a really interesting journey i've learnt a lot um, um a lot about how society views disability as well mm. and um a lot of things that maybe we could do ourselves to raise awareness and things like that um i think i was just really ignorant to exactly what um um, people with disabilities go through, so this has definitely taught me you know that um, things aren't as easy as maybe people may think they are
1: yeah wow how how fascinating the fact that having a disabled child yourself kind of even puts a spin on society's perceptions and that bigger picture view and and what's the situation now? Where are you at now? how do you feel How' your perception changed
2: to now, I guess? Um, I think now I just focus on, um, kind of creating a path for him where he can navigate and be who he wants to be, um, as well as raising awareness on that journey for others who might be going through the same thing. So, um, we're just kind of exploring, to be honest. I mean, we started quite early. So, um, he was in a wheelchair from about eight, nine months. We got one need for him just because, um, I didn't want him to miss out on, that part of you know when you're a little and you're just opening the washing machine door and you know just getting around and just getting to know your environment. So um, now it's just more about kind of figuring out what, what we can what we can do for him and what's out there for other children like him and you know how, how they can kind of have their stamp on on the world you know like and um, their input as well.
1: And isn't that so important, not just kind of how society can be adapted, but how you can make your mark as somebody who's disabled as well. And Lucy, tell me a little bit about your journey and your experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say, like Linda, you just want to make, you know, the world as accessible as possible to your child. And I think for me it was, it was quite different because I... I didn't know um, prenatally about Felix's disability. So he has um, Felix, my son. He's he's going to be four on Sunday.
2: Oh, and, um,
0: Yeah, oh. thank you. Um, and he has um, autism spectrum disorder, and he also has Down syndrome. But he he was also born without an anus, um, which I didn't even know was something that was even possible. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you just like like Linda says, unless you're, you know, I, I wasn't aware of the the world of disability really um, until you're kind of it's thrust upon you and I think it's made me so much more aware of you know what people really have to go through and have to deal with and actually how many more people have a disability whether it's hidden or not than you might realise so for example um, so with Felix he um, when he was born we found out um, or, or just literally moments after he was born that he had um, no anus um at which point he was you know taken straight away to intensive care away from me um up to london i was down in sussex so i couldn't be with him straight away which made it really difficult um and then uh thankfully the next day we we got to see him but he was in a really bad state and i think my first kind of thing was although the kind of down syndrome word had been mentioned. Um, I was just more concerned that I didn't want my, my child to die. I wasn't thinking about any of that kind of other side of things. I just was like, I just want him to be okay. I don't care about anything else. I just want, you know, him to live and be fine. And I think it was quite a long journey until um it's actually been about three years on this journey of of making sure that the that kind of physical side of, of things has been safe and okay for him and that he will be fine. Um, because I would say um so I'm going to kind of going off on one. Like oh,
1: good, <laughs> like, no, do it. <laughs>
0: um, but I just think it's important just to kind of say that um for me it's been really, really up and down because his physical disability has completely overtaken anything else just because he um has had so much surgery. Um, I think and he's had a colostomy bag. Um for quite a a lot of that time. He then sort of had um, a reversal and then got sepsis and almost died and then had to have another one. So it's kind of been almost two things that we've kind of had to, I guess, adapt to. So obviously the physical disability and the Down syndrome, but then obviously he was also diagnosed with autism. So it's kind of been like a bit of a baptism of fire. <laughs> like, you know, um, I think from going from a world where you, like Linda said, you know, I I didn't really have any one that I really knew that was disabled um, or that I knew that, you know, perhaps I, I had a couple of friends that were on the spectrum with autism, but not physically disabled or anything that you would really kind of, you know, think, oh, I know about that. Um, so I think for me, it was just like a, Oh my God, I feel really, really overwhelmed. (laughs) Um, and I, I just want to do the best for my son and I, I really need to be informed. So for me, it's been about a journey about making sure that I'm informed myself and that I, um, can do the best that I can for him. Um, and yeah, just kind of, yeah, just care, care for him the best I can and give him the best opportunities that I can really.
1: Yeah. And I think you've made such a good point about that kind of information and education. So I've got I've got cerebral palsy. I'm a wheelchair user. And one of the things that my mum has always said to me, I was born ten weeks early, and the doctors immediately kind of said, Oh, she'll she'll never be able to walk, she'll never be able to do this, she'll never be able to do yeah. that. And it was almost like my mum said, Well, we got this information and we didn't have any other information to go from. So that's mm-hmm. the yeah. That you believe is is right and that's then it yeah it, it's so difficult isn't it when you don't have that previous experience yeah, or knowledge or definitely. even anyone to turn to to get that knowledge
0: i think that's the thing and as a new parent and that's something that i really really struggled with because we were also told felix probably would never walk we were told that he would probably never be continent um uh and he walks, and he—we're just almost, I'd say, eighty percent um, there with toilet training. Unbelievably, so you know, I think it's also about yes, you you need to be informed by um, people in the know, like doctors and things, and you you need to take that advice because they obviously they do know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you need to be able to to do that kind of research yourself, and also not just kind of take what people say at face value. Um, because I think if people say, no, that's not going to happen, you need to be able to kind of think, actually, I can make that happen or I'm I'm going to try and do the best I can to see if I can change that, you know, um, because you want the best for them.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I guess going on from that and maybe other parents might be watching or listening to this who, of course, also want the best for, for their disabled children. I think my next question was around do you have any hints tips hacks over your you know three four years of being in this situation and having this experience that you think yeah that that might really help other parents of of disabled children that that really changed things up for me that really eased a certain experience for me linda can we start with you again
2: um i completely agree with everything you said the way lucy i i really relate to everything you just said um and um, I think for me, I, I, I felt more comfortable the um, the more I spoke to other parents who were going through maybe similar things, but maybe just a few steps ahead of me. Um, their children might be, you know, three, four years older than Anis. So um, that really helped um, because I could kind of see, I know every child is different, but you, would, you could get an idea of what's coming up so you could prepare more. So for me, I'd say reaching out to um communities with you know parents going through similar things definitely something helpful i mean now we have the internet even instagram itself um there's such a big community there now and people putting up stories of you know hacks and equipment and that's working for them that's been so helpful um i've gotten so many tips from just you know from tables to um small little things you can add to your wheelchair for a child to make life easy so that's really helped another thing would be not to overwhelm yourself and not to feel bad and you know mum mummy guilt and things like that Mm -hmm. um yeah that eats that eats up I mean even if your child doesn't have a disability and you're a mum it's something that you think about so I would say take it easy on yourself um and don't expect you know to be superwoman all the time it's okay to kind of take. day off two three whatever how many you need as long as your child is happy and you're still working towards you know make creating a, a future for them where they they are you know maybe flourishing in their own way then that's the most important thing so that's 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 what's helped me mindset really I've had to change my mindset a lot um and kind of my expectations needed to change a little bit so that I'm not overwhelmed too much really um so yeah I would say that's the biggest thing for me those those two things
1: yeah wow such words of wisdom thank you Linda and I think you're absolutely right you know whether whether your child's disabled or not I think there's a lot to take from that for for any parent so thank you that's really great and Lucy how about you
0: yeah, I would say definitely. What uh, agree with what Linda was saying in terms of support. I think it's so important. You know, I found that with Felix, um, having I, something I did find quite difficult was because um, having you know his um, no anus <laughs> to begin with um that was was something that's so rare so it's quite difficult to find another parent who's been going through that um and I think something that I struggled with a lot was we had really bad problems with um keeping his colostomy bag stuck on wow. <laughs> from a young age and, and obviously having um he had this really sort of um he had sort of the surgery to create his stoma but they'd made it sort of so the loop stoma was quite far apart so he ended up having to have adult bags instead of children's bags they had this huge bag on this you know he was only four four pounds eleven at birth so he was tiny you know it was absolutely ridiculous and I think um you know trying to find people that have been through a similar thing was quite challenging um but you kind of you end up finding other sort of slots so for example you might find parents that have got a child with a colostomy because of another reason you know um and you will try and try and find sort of ways and means within that so for example we found with the bag you know if you use a hairdryer to heat it up first and um you know that really helps obviously not too hot otherwise that's not good um you know you find sort of things like even just putting it in your bra if you haven't got um hair just to warm up the kind of the pliable um, adhesive just to help stick it. You know, things like, for example, we we just struggled so much, even with those. Um, you, we are we so many different kind of parents online and we found this amazing stuff, actually, um, from uh, some amazing stoma nurses up at King's. Called, um coloplast protective sheet which for anyone that's got a colostomy bag if you're finding it hard to stick to a child it's incredible you can put it on open wounds you can do anything because of course when you've just had you know he's just had surgery you need to kind of uh, make sure it is clean so yeah you just that stuff is amazing I think there's so many tips and tricks around colostomy bags I could talk to you for like hours about um you know how to deal with that especially in things like public toilets and stuff with with a baby who's screaming um but I'm not gonna I I think I will just literally talk for about 15 minutes if I do that but I think yeah as well as um Linda was saying you know you've just got to kind of let yourself off the hook a little bit as well because I think because you desperately want your child to be happy and you want them to be healthy and you want them to thrive if they're doing things like for example with Felix to begin with it was um, he was crying a lot because um, his skin was sore um, and obviously he was having pain with his stomach because of all the surgery he had Um, you know you feel like it's solely your responsibility that he is feeling rubbish and I think you've got to try and take a step back and think actually you know it's, it's not your fault this has happened and you're doing the best you can and try and take it a bit easy on yourself I think Later on, since he's had the surgery, we have really bad problems with his autism um, in terms of feeding. So he won't eat; he just is, doesn't eat anything. Um, and I feel bad, you know, f- for trying to feed him rubbish that he does eat. So, for example, occasionally he might—he likes ice cream. <laughs> it's about the only thing he eats. I, I like ice cream. <laughs> uh, so you know, I, and I think to myself, "Oh my god!" You know, I'm just feeding him crap. But if he if he eats. <laughs> that's all that really matters for stopping from having a feeding tube. You know, we make him smoothies and things to try and get things into him that he will kind of eat. But I think you've just got to kind of, like Linda said, take it a bit easy on yourself. Cause at the end of the day, you're just going to go crazy and it's, you're not going to be in a good place for your child either. If you're beating yourself up constantly about the choices that you're making to try and keep them alive, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Um, You know, I think, I mean, I could I could say loads of sort of hacks about or to, the specific things, but I think, um, yeah, I just think it's just really important to surround yourself with people with knowledge because at the end of the day, knowledge is power, and that kind of, you know, helps with everything really. Yeah,
1: great, and p- people that are supportive of your situation and definitely the best to understand it, and
0: you yeah, know, definitely. I think I think for sure I mean I know that um so I I actually joined a, a group with um for down syndrome parents of down syndrome um and I at first I was kind of a bit unsure of of kind of how I would feel about it um just I think because I'd feel a bit overwhelmed um having come from kind of not really knowing much about the world of disability I didn't want to kind of just you know bombard myself with everything and just feel overwhelmed but actually it was the best thing I'd ever done and I think yes uh, those children don't have autism as well the ones that I kind of have met so it is different but you know it's still you can kind of have a bit of a moan sometimes in terms of and I, I know that sounds awful but not because he's not because he's disabled but because you find it sometimes difficult if someone for example you're dropping, I don't know, Felix off at nursery or something. And you're finding that a parent complains to you about the fact that her child's not saying fire engine properly. And you're thinking, he doesn't talk at all. He's not, not got no, no speech whatsoever. And, you know, I think you need to be able to kind of have a chat with other parents who are going through a similar thing so that you're not feeling like, you miss it sounds awful saying missing out because I love Felix more than anything but it's it's hard when you don't hear like mama or mummy like you know other children are, are talking in sentences and telling their their parents about the day they've had and you know you you don't get any of that um so I think it's good to have that support group no
1: that's great thank you so much Lucy and I guess my next question was a little bit of a personal one I thought I'd be a little bit cheeky and just talk about my personal experience and and what i'm kind of hoping for and seeing if you could give me a little bit of advice regarding that so um as a wheelchair user i'm 28 nearly 29 now and you know i'm I'm in no desperate rush at all but at some point i might quite like to have uh, a child become a parent become a mom and i just wondered if you had any advice regarding that for me
0: i think just like I was saying, the best thing you can possibly do is be informed so that you can make the best decision for yourself. I think that's the most important thing. You know, um, I think, like like, like I said before, you know, information is power. Um, And I think that as long as you feel prepared, then you're going to be happy to kind of make that step, I think.
1: Yeah. Preparation is key. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Preparation is key.
1: And people always say that there's never any kind of perfect time to have.
2: Oh, no, there's definitely not. That's true. Massively. Yeah, Yeah. There isn't. I don't think there's a perfect time. I think every time comes with its own challenges and, you know, um, so it's just when you feel that, you know, this is something that you want, maybe then that's the best time for it. Yeah. I think that's totally
0: right um I mean, I think with children, it's just kind of if you feel that you that's something you really want in your life and you feel ready, then I think you kind of can't just keep waiting for the perfect time because there is never a perfect time, you know, um my partner and I laugh because um you know, I got pregnant with Felix when uh, I had just given up my job um for. lot of different reasons but I just I just left my my job and we thought we were fine living in London on my partner's um salary and then he suddenly lost his job when I was um eight months pregnant (laughs) so you know that's definitely not the perfect time to have a child but it worked and we're fine um so I think it goes to show that you know it's I think yeah you just know within yourself that you want children and that You feel ready, and I think that's enough.
1: And I guess last question from me. I think the one thing that I'd like to ask you is, would you be willing to um, be a part of our Undressing Disability Hub and for people to contact you? Should they have any questions? Should they be parents of disabled children? Where is best for them to possibly contact you? And just ask for a bit of advice, you know, start creating that community that we've, we've all just said is so important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if there are any parents out there with children that have had um, an imperforate anus, which is what Felix had, which I know I've, I struggled to find other parents that had gone through that, then you know, or autism or Down syndrome, then yeah, of course, um, can contact me with my at my email if you if you wanted to, which is Lucy Folk, which is l u c y f a u l k e at gmail dot com. Amazing, thank you.
1: And Linda, how would you feel about people contacting you?
2: yeah yeah i'm open for anything any questions or anything at all um you can email me on um linda ibrahim i b r a h i m number nine at gmail.com. um i've also got a page where i kind of um it's more of Anis's my son's journey but not not just him but how it affects everybody in different angles so um that's at world of Anis, um so if you can if you go on there you'll see different things as well about us and our journey and you know what what he's up to and just everyday things really so um, um any questions can go to there or my email
1: that's so brilliant thank you and i think instagram pages like that just really help in normalizing the whole thing as well don't they and if people are able to, to watch along and and just see how families manage and not only manage but truly enjoy Every aspect of life, just as any other family, I think that is so so valuable. So I will I will definitely be following. And uh, if at any point there are any other kind of hints, tips, hacks that you could recommend, we do always really recommend on our, our um, undressing disability hub that any kind of discussion that could be started can be really really useful as well to get people talking and sharing ideas and bits of information. So. Thank you so so much both of you. That's been so eye-opening and wishing Felix a very happy birthday. Wishing Alice a great time continuing with Instagram fame. (laughs) And yeah, thank you so much, both of you. Enjoy your weekends.
0: Thanks so much. Thank Thank you. 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 Thanks
1: for listening. For more information or to have a chat with us, please visit enhance From there, you can also sign up to our Undressing Disability Hub, a platform for professionals to connect and collaborate in the arena of sex and disability.